Here's a quick word from our sponsor. Welcome to the new era of content management with Contentful. Say goodbye to the limitations of traditional content systems and hello to a world where collaboration sparks innovation. With Contentful, you're not just managing content, you're creating content-first, multi-brand experiences across all channels effortlessly. The best part? It requires zero coding. Empower your teams to collaborate and innovate, delivering impactful digital experiences at scale. Contentful's AI-driven platform not only streamlines content creation, but also ensures it aligns perfectly with your brand. Ready for a game-changer? Start with Contentful for free today. Unleash the potential of your digital content and drive your business forward. Learn more at Contentful.com. Hey, welcome everyone. It's another Svelte Radio episode. This is a new intro. I'm joined today by my co-host, Anthony. Hello. Hello. Hey. And we have another guest today, Jacob Studall. Hello. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Before we get get into it, let's let's hear some status updates from from Anthony and myself. What what have you been working on? Uh, What have I been working on? Mostly stuff to enter the American market, survive in the American market, mostly around taxes, which is great fun. Apart from that, that's a lot of fun. Had COVID, that was fun. Again, and yeah, just just general general stuff. So, so is this uh, American market feature stuff thing? Is that is that why you're going wild on Twitter with regards to biking and? Uh, no, no, I could. No? It doesn't make a difference to me whether people drive or not in America. It's just. It's just I I do believe that America is and 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 you know to a great extent the UK is owned by the car lobbies and people can't see it like yeah, you don't need car. a car to go everywhere big car it is big car <laughs> is but it but it I mean really the is, thing yeah. about big car is we say big farmer and big car but big car is real like it is literally the main car companies that lobbied against having any other form of transport that's why you got roads with no pavements it's just stupid or roads with no sidewalks. It's just yeah. it's just owned by the cars, right? And it's it, it's kind of it's infuriating and kind of sad, really. Yeah, I've been lately. I've been working on getting dynamic OG images. I think that's the the word for for uh, Svelte Summit, which has nice. been frustrating and fun at the same time. I've been using a. Did you use Jeff Rich's code for that? I did use some parts of it, yeah, but I've I've adopted it a bit, but yeah. We do that that as well. I'll I'll talk more about it in the pics. But yeah, Jacob, hello. Welcome again. Hello. Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Why do you want to give us a a short intro? (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I'm a software engineer. I work at a company called Styletics. We can talk about what what I do a bit later. But yeah, I'm a self-taught software engineer, web developer. I started... Gosh, 2015. I took my first like college course on basic HTML. CSS3 had just gotten released. We learned Bootstrap 3, I think, was out at the time. So I was kind of at the tail end of that sort of old like Web2 stuff. And so, yeah, I worked in 
Well, I guess my, my journey to full-time development is, is kind of interesting, but eventually I started doing like WordPress freelance development. I really leaned into that during when the pandemic started. And then shortly after that discovered Svelte and kind of have been bullish on Svelte ever since. Yeah, I get to write Svelte full-time, which is, is really nice. And yeah, it's, it, that's me. Yeah, That's not very common to be able to write Svelte full-time. No, I, I actually I got coffee with Rich when he was here in Minneapolis filming with Frontend Masters, and he was shocked that I was full time writing Svelte. Like he had doesn't know anyone that even like places like New York Times, you know, people that use it heavily, they're not writing it full time. Right. But yeah, all the all the code I write is TypeScript and Svelte, which is really really fun. Yeah, sounds like a dream, a dream that many want want to 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 live. So you uh, you mentioned briefly in the before we started recording that you came from a WordPress background. Do you do mm-hmm. you miss the the good old days of WordPress? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> no, I yeah I I don't know. I do really like maybe the, and maybe this is maybe my unpopular opinion. Number two is is I I like PHP. It's it's really nice. I I, I think. The syntax is great. I think I love writing HTML in the middle of my, like it feels very like svelte in that way. Combining your control flow with your templates. Like I really, I really liked it, but with dealing with clients and like plugins, like those two aspects of doing WordPress development is awful. I hated that because clients think they know everything if they've used WordPress before and they don't. And they will throw whatever plugin in the world in there and then you have to deal with it. So shortly after learning learning about Svelte, and then at the around that same time, I also learned about Sanity, which was I th- I think is like the best headless CMS. I moved all my freelance projects to to that stack because it was just so much faster. You know, I don't need to buy a server; I could just like chuck it up on Netlify or Vercel or whatever, and and you know deploy stuff for free, which is a game changer for me. And yeah, having like the Git workflow built in and, and all that sort of stuff that we get we kind of all just take advantage of it. It's just kind of table stakes now. At the time for me, that was huge. Like I had tried to move my WordPress stack to like get auto releases and all that stuff. It was just a pain. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember using back in, so I used to do some WordPress development way, way back. And I remember there was something called Bedrock, which let you Mm kind of do modern development. (laughs) Yeah. But, it was still very finicky. I remember it was pretty, uh, pretty rough, rough around. Right we've got, um, we've actually moved our main homepage or moving our main homepage to WordPress from Svelte, which is seen in the devil. But the reason being because it's easy for people to edit, right? Without to go through the development sure. team, which is, you know, fair. And we've also moved our the company we acquired their site across. We've built a site for someone else in WordPress as well, mm-hmm. like a provider, and and probably the world's smallest fan of WordPress, no, the world's least fan of WordPress. I don't know. You know, I don't like WordPress. But what I will say is that with a plugin called Simply Static, we now push all the mm. sites to bunny.net CDN. So that WordPress is never exposed to the public and that makes me a lot happier. So all that's all that they're seeing is static files in the CDN. And that I can handle because it ultimately turns WordPress into kind of like a crappy web builder, which is basically what it is. But mm-hmm. we never have to contend with anything being exposed to 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 real people, which is which is great, yeah, or hackers, 
Well, exactly. <laughs> Exploits 629 known CVEs on the, on the CV mm-hmm. database, etc. Yeah, Holy definitely. Smokes. Yeah, one a, you know, one a week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's I guess improved it's... since the, the back of the day, but it's it's still you know it's still bad. Yeah, I guess it's the fact that WordPress runs most of the web as well. So. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's yeah. well it's well exposed, but it's also the whole the plugins are a mess. And they're they're the root cause of most of the issues it has, and it's it's a hard job because it's like a marketplace. The thing that annoys me is in the marketplace they don't they don't vet them right, so they don't they've got plugins there that don't work with the current version. So why why show them to me? You know, I, I don't want to show mm-hmm. a plugin that may not work. It's it's crap. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. I mean, my policy was always just if you want a plugin to do a thing, I will find the plugin and I will install it and make sure that is going to work yeah. with everything else that's going on. But I do agree that like, even just the improvements to like the block editor in, in recent versions of WordPress, it's like people like to shit on it a lot, but it's really powerful for a lot of different stuff. You just have to know what you're doing. Like, yeah, if yeah. you can generate static pages and put them on a CDN, like there's no issues. Like it's going to be the same just as performant as a, as a Svelte kit website, maybe even more so. And then yeah. your people can edit content, which like that's where the value is. Like if you're if your client can't edit their stuff, it <laughs> um, it's not really valuable to yeah. them. They're not really getting what what they're paying you for, right? Yeah. Great I would I would say that I, the only the only thing I have is, is I, w- I would say that the obviously the HTML output from these builds isn't particularly great. And so you may have the performance you may your lighthouse scores may look great, but your actual real world performance might be less so it's likely to be less so especially if you're using elemental or anything like that yeah right okay so jacob what do you actually do when you're writing svelte work yeah that's it's it's so incredibly niche but it's been really really fun i guess i'll i'll kind of talk about what stylytics is at like a high level first and then we talk about what i do and what my team does with svelte so we build a content platform that allows e-commerce retailers, some of like the biggest brands in the world, to basically bundle their products into like merchandisable bundles. So the most common is like outfits. A lot of our customers are apparel retailers. I think, let me see if ones I can name, I think Nike is a really big one. So like you go to a Nike page for looking for a t-shirt and then you scroll down the page and there's a JavaScript widget that's like a carousel of outfits that contain that shirt. And so it's kind of like giving you outfit inspiration. It's hopefully you're going to, uh, you know, it's like cross-selling incentive buying of, of other products that you wouldn't normally have maybe seen as a visitor. And so we do this full stack from importing their catalogs to showing the widgets on their, on their page. We do the whole, the whole thing at scale for like some of the biggest retailers in the world. So it's been a really cool challenge. The back end entirely is written in closure. So I don't really touch that stuff because I don't know closure. But then the the front end we're we're shipping, people might know third like third party JavaScript is often what it's referred to of you put a script tag in your HTML that downloads and then usually immediately invoked function expression is run. We also now are shipping ES modules to because they're supported in the browsers, but most people use the the sort of old-fashioned iffy bundle. And so then you have this widget on the page, and it is all the UI is all svelte. 
is is what we choose to use. So we are we're shipping. Gosh, we just launched so many products. We had like a what we call August Market Week. So we launched, I think, four new products that are completely new alongside our existing like six or seven different widgets. And so they're just kind of different user experiences on top of this content that we produce internally. So we have a team of stylists that use our internal sort of AI machine learning tools to produce these outfits based on different attributes and different, different sorts of criteria. It's a really, really cool backend system. And then, yeah, we just fetch data from an API, render our Svelte component, pass it props, and we have a widget. So, yeah. What, what kind, in terms of, of like when you're building this widget, are you using SvelteKit or is it straight up Svelte? What's the, what's the situation like there? Yeah, we're just using Svelte. I really, I've thought about building a SvelteKit adapt because we have, so we have one widget that, is it does actually have routing built into it, but it's like hash-based routing that gets appended to the page URL that the widget is loaded on. So I would love to build a SvelteKit adapter that could basically like morph the routing to be that sort of hash-based routing. And so you could have this SvelteKit application that still has a server somewhere, but could attach its routing like inside of an application. I don't really, I haven't explored that because we only have one product that actually uses this routing, hash-based routing. So it's not like a really pressing issue, but it's definitely something I want to research. But no, we actually ship with Vite and just Svelte. It's basically an SPA that gets rendered. And so what we do is we have a JavaScript class when the, function runs when you download the script that class is like appended to the window and then the client has to call you know new widget and then pass it some sort of configuration we need to know the div that you want to insert the widget into and then some other configuration for the api and the display layer and so So, yeah it's just a svelte and v build yeah i was going to say that sounds pretty pretty standard when it comes to like attaching it to to some element it's how you would really do most attach most things to to yeah yeah and so yeah we have a little layer on top of how the you know you call new app or or whatever you imported your swell component as we have the class kind of wraps that and so we can do things like a b testing like if the user is on the control side of an a b test we don't need to render the component at all we just like hide it and then maybe send some analytics or something like that so that's why we don't just have the client instantiate like the Svelte component because we have some other logic that runs kind of before it's rendered. But you could you could just import the Svelte component and, and render it in the same way. It's it's pretty much the same. Cool. So so you hmm that's interesting. I'd I'd love to see like the hear more about like how it you, you, the AI stuff sounds intriguing as well. Like how mm-hmm. how the this, maybe that's proprietary though, like how they use the AI to, to like create new styles. I guess they they take products and then just, I don't know, Can is that something you can talk about? Or? I don't know. And honestly, I don't know much about it. I think it's mostly right. just, that's why we still have a huge team of human stylists. So yeah. they're kind of like, my understanding of it is that they're they're giving feedback to these models that are producing this content oh, based off of different attributes. You know, we have like style attributes, color attributes, textile, fabric attributes, yeah. like all this sort of stuff is like attached as metadata to these items. And then they 
there's some process. I, honestly, I'm really ignorant to it because right. I just kind of fetch from the API and throw it into the HTML. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, the, the, the cool thing about how well it works is that we've started to experiment with building sort of aggregation APIs on top of the closure APIs. So we have these sort of generic APIs where you can fetch outfits that are already created. You could fetch items based on similarity. We call our replacements. So maybe this is a feature that we sell to people like upsell. Instead of just showing the outfit as it exists, what if you allowed the user to swap items in and out? And maybe they want to, they like this outfit, but they want a different purse or a different set of earrings or something. Right. And so we have a whole API where you can send it a list of item IDs and it will return adequate replacements for those items. And so they're kind of really generic. And so we've explored building like Fastify APIs that sort of aggregate these into different shapes, doing multiple fetch calls, but just as like a way for us to prototype, like what is a what does a different API experience look like and what user experiences could could that sort of enable us to do? Like I prototyped, this isn't something we're doing, so it's fine that I'm talking about it, but say you add something to your cart, similar to like at the grocery store, you see packs of gum at the checkout. What if we could recommend accessories, purses, right. jewelry, those sorts of things for the that go with the item that you just added to your cart. Yeah. And so I built a sort of Fastify API that aggregated these two different APIs together. And so, and yeah, it worked really, really well because at the base, it's these AI uh, ML models that that are are producing really, really good results. And we just kind of have to figure out the best ways to display it to users, which is really fun. Right. Yeah. It, I always like wonder how how these e-commerce websites figure out like uh, these combination deals. If, if mm-hmm. I don't know if that's how you call it, but like below an item, it, it, it could be like, oh, this item is often bought with these trousers or whatever. I know how Amazon does it. I guess it. this is a more, yeah. Well, I um, mean, they, they probably just do a, a lot of people buy this item with this item. I think they just shove random stuff together because it's usually rubbish. It doesn't make any sense. Right, yeah. Could be. <laughs> yeah. So when it comes to, to building with Svelte and, and then this particular use case, like are, are there any any particular Svelte features that stand out as very good or very bad? Well, like what's the I well honestly, I I've you know, these I always compare building what we do to like building like a like a first party like platform or something that's like way more complex. The really nice thing that I like is generally the UIs are are a lot simpler. And so I find things like I'm building a widget right now that's new that uses a single store as sort of a state machine globally because it's like less than 15 components. It's like really, really simple. And so I've been loving just using using stores and how how sort of portable they are. We have sort of yeah this global D, we call it the DB, and so the the app can just sort of automatically update as the user interacts. And it's not even a custom store; it's just a writable with an object in it, and we you just make sure that object is a flat object, and off to the races. It works wonderfully. I think, yeah, I don't know. I would have to think if there's stuff in Svelte that I don't like. <laughs> I do think that the one, patterns, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I do think the patterns introduced with with runes that that are going to come up are are better. Like, I think 
skewing the language of JavaScript in a Svelte file has always felt a little weird. I will say that I think Svelte is, and, and the way that it kind of messes with Java, the JavaScript language enabled me to learn JavaScript. So like I tried to learn JavaScript in college and I didn't get it. You know, I was an art kid. I liked the DOM. I was a graphic designer. I did not understand functions or like programming at all. Like what a variable is like, I couldn't understand it. Like I was so visual. And so having, you know, I tried to learn react and I find that like this JavaScript abstraction on top of JavaScript doesn't really help you learn JavaScript. But if you know HTML and you have this HTML abstraction on top of it, and you can sort of sprinkle in JavaScript, like that's really what enabled me to, to start to learn and really get it, which I think is, is really, really cool. But I think that, it, that, you know, there's a foot gun there where if you don't understand why or how Svelte is, is doing this magic, you don't understand why export let is weird. Right. Or the dollar label. Like you don't know, I, you know, you don't know what labels are. And now in my work, yeah. I need to know what labels are. Whereas before, when I was just doing like website building, yeah. I didn't. I didn't need to care about labels. So I think it is is really good for beginners, and I and I do push beginners often to to just look at Svelte because I feel like it it makes it more fun to learn JavaScript because you can actually just get stuff on the page without needing to know what a React fragment is or like all the weird <laughs> stuff that you have to know when you learn React. Yeah. Yeah. Map, mapping over a an array yeah, to get right. things out and stuff like that. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's also the fact that you can. That you can just use. You don't even have to use the script tag or the style tag at first, right? You can just write HTML yeah. straight up, and then yeah. get something on there. Yeah, it's, it's, and yeah, when I was first starting, that's exactly what I did. Was I just? It's just HTML as components, basically, is all it yep. needs to be. Especially, I was building like static websites that didn't even need the content updated. Yeah, and so I would just yeah, it was just componentizing HTML, which was yeah, my biggest gripe with building just static HTML pages was the copy pasting. And so I feel like, yeah, Svelte is a really good middle ground in that regard. Yeah, agreed. I guess we're uh, tooting our own horns here. Is, is, that, a, <laughs> is that a saying? Is yeah, right? I think it's a saying. <laughs> is it the correct one, though? That's the, that's the question. Well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so embedding Svelte. You mentioned before we started recording that you you wanted to explore maybe building a meta framework. What, what's the idea there? Yeah, I've toyed with this idea for, God, it's it must be a year, and I have like a prototype built, but basically I, I heard about the Streams API is supported in all the browsers now. And so the, the biggest issue that we always run into, and, and anyone who's built third-party JavaScript knows this pain, this is why I added in my Twitter bio that my goal is to make you like hate third-party JavaScript less because we get scrutinized in B2B SaaS more than anyone because some executive will run a Lighthouse score and see that we're impacting their performance by two points and they want to throw the whole contract out the door because we're... In, and it's just, you know, they don't... you know So many people have this sort of negative connotation around third-party JavaScript. And so I, I thought, you know, what if we could uh, sort of learn from SvelteKit a little bit, but sort of make our own meta framework that's purpose-built for third-party JavaScript, where you sort of have this thin client. Right, you know, right now we have a bunch of logic that runs in the client's browser. They're fetching data from multiple APIs mm -hmm. for A-B testing and actual data and, and, and other things. 
were you know running a bunch of computation and then rendering something and maintaining all the event listeners so that you know that sort of hydration that happens in the browser. So what if instead of that you had this really thin client that all it did was fetch from a server and that server returned streamed HTML and you put it in your div and all of that other logic computation API requests you know data fetching whatever else happens on the server and then we just hydrate you know we just after that HTML is added before the user needs to interact with it we just update and hydrate. And so I don't know the best way to solve this. I've looked at like the feed SSR might be a good way. I want to start playing with that in the next couple of weeks. But I think, I don't know. I also don't, you know, it's such a niche problem. Like what we're doing now works fine enough. And like we write good enough code that in general, we can prove we don't have a negative impact in Lighthouse scores, which is for some reason the metric that everyone seems to want to die (laughs) over. I don't don't really understand it. (laughs) Yeah, it's a number that they think is objective. and, And it's frustrating that a lot of these people that have a problem with it, they don't really understand what it means in in reality, right? If you go and use our widgets, they're incredibly fast and performant and really nice yeah. to interact with. And the actual perceived performance by the user is incredible. But And so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll build this framework. And, and if we do, I would love to do a, a Svelte Summit talk about it because it'd be really cool. But we'll see. I don't know. I feel like it's too niche. Not a lot of people are shipping third-party JavaScript. But who knows? Maybe it's yeah, useful I- to other companies and other people could contribute. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of companies that have like embedded stuff that could like it, it's probably not their their main kind of product, right? But but often you see companies have like this extra widget thing that you could just can embed we as have, part of their suite. So yeah, our whole business is built on that. In fact, having <laughs> having widgets. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, you have a customer. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's definitely not a niche. Yeah, I mean, that's how I found Svelte actually was building okay. was building third party mm-hmm. widgets for mm-hmm. getting like like Klarna or whatever they call it like getting a loan when you're at checkout. Yeah, we we're building one of those for a Danish mm-hmm. DIY store or whatever, and that's how I found Svelte. Hmm, that's very nice. <laughs> you find Svelte in the least expected ways. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it was the and only then one you that realize produce... you've been doing everything wrong. Yeah. No, is the only is the only one that could produce a single standalone file to include them in the site that would make a widget rather yeah. than including like view library as well or React or whatever. It's like doing that. ah, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's the big reason I I I think in my Svelte Summit talk in the spring I mentioned that it's kind of the obvious choice to me because I've seen people ship widgets like yeah before I was at Stalytics I worked as the web manager for like the largest technical college here in the Twin Cities in Minneapolis. And we had we had a vendor sell us this thing. It wasn't my decision to pay for it. Someone else in leadership decided. And yeah, they, it was using React. They were shipping the whole React <laughs> yeah. library to our website for this <laughs> little tiny button that floats in the corner and is like a chat bot thing. Worth it, <laughs> and yeah, it's just there's it's ridiculous, and so yeah, it, it's felt kind of is is the obvious choice I feel like for this use case because all you have to do is bundle the output really, and if it's simple enough, you don't even really need to do no, that. That's it, which is is really cool. We had no bundling at all; it was great. Yeah. It's just compile the output and use it. Hmm. 
Yeah, the I, I hadn't thought about the React, like having to ship React or Vue or whatever. That that makes it so much worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Cool. You want to? I guess we touched on on runes already, but do do we want to talk a bit more about that? What do you think? Is it? I don't know. No one. I no. I think they're. I don't know. I was really skeptical at first. I, again, I feel like maybe I. Everyone talks about React Brain. I feel like I had Svelte Brain. Like it's it's hard to see the things that have been the most constant change. But after playing with them a little bit in the playground, I think that it's it kind of unifies and and makes like the language a lot a lot more cohesive. Like yeah, reading the blog post with that bulleted list of all these issues that runes will solve. It's kind of kind of solves all the things, all the foot guns that you can run into if you if you again, like I said, if you don't understand how the magic works and you're building a complex application, you know, runes hopefully will kind of take care of a lot of that and make it a lot simpler. And everyone's talking about getters and setters being bad. Everything in JavaScript is an object. Learn getters and setters. It's how the platform works. They're really great. And hopefully there's will be some utility I've heard talks about. Oh yeah, I think in the in the live stream yesterday, something that can automa- automatically add those getters and setters to your objects. I feel like yeah. that would be great. Not having to manually type them. But like I mean, yeah, we we write a lot of our internal packages and APIs that we build for stuff is is all classes with getters and setters. And it's a really great pattern. And I I hope that the learning curve will be maybe a little easier with Svelte because you don't need to understand all that different sort of magic. It's just, this is how runes work and they will work the same across everything. Especially getting rid of that export let for props, I find is <laughs> going to be really killer. Two of my favorite things for sure. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Why though? <laughs> export let, a name, and that's apparently a prop? It is kind of weird, in a sense. Like, yeah, it's definitely. You wouldn't weird. know it unless t- someone told told you what it means, right? Yeah, I guess. I guess I've just been doing this too long. But I, I like export let to me seems logical, but it's, <laughs> it's true. It is. It is weird. It's definitely weird. I I kind of had the same initial reaction towards runes as well, but I I quickly came around. I'm just worried that. Well, I so I I'm always worried that you know, we'll lose a lot of the beginner friendliness. But I don't think that's the case here. I think I think it it could be it could be the case, but ultimately we want to have something that's acceptable to all. I might push yeah. my fight to the resistance to moving to getting rid of the dollar colon, for example, because we you know plan to remove it in a future release. Maybe we defer that yeah. a bit just because I feel that that's kind of part of the the joy of being building something quick is just going in and going that's reactive done. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, there'll be resistance for that just because having, of duplicative code and you know resistance and the size of the library and stuff. But yeah. you know, well, I, I don't think it's going to go away in Svelte five, right? No, not Unless in Svelte five. It won't. Opt into the runes. No, maybe yeah. not six, maybe not seven. Like it, it but it, at some point, yeah. I think you know, eventually we we don't let's have two ways to do something, and I think that that's the bit where I go, hmm, we we have lost a little bit of something here because. That's kind of the joy of being able to build things super quick and not understand yeah. too much. I feel like I, I think that I've been thinking about this for a while, but maybe maybe it's the the fact that TypeScript is growing so much that is part of 
making people want to change things so it works with TypeScript. Mm. If that makes sense. Like if unless like if you're just writing JavaScript and you're writing Svelte, there's no issue with writing. Well, other than like the the fact that things can get pretty hairy if you have a lot of reactive statements, stuff stuff like that. But there's no issue with like typing, right? Because there are no types in JavaScript. So I feel like it might be the case that TypeScript has kind of pushed Svelte towards being more TypeScript compatible. And that is the reason why you get rid of dollar colon, for example, because you can't type that, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just uh, speculating. <laughs> TypeScript is growing, right? So it is probably mm-hmm. good that, that Svelte is moving in that direction regardless. But yeah, let's let's move on to uh, the the best section of the of the show, as I always say. But it's it's not, of course. It's just the unpopular opinions. Here's a quick word from our sponsor. Welcome to the new era of content management with Contentful. Say goodbye to the limitations of traditional content systems, and hello to a world where collaboration sparks innovation. With Contentful. You're not just managing content, you're creating content-first, multi-brand experiences across all channels effortlessly. The best part? It requires zero coding. Empower your teams to collaborate and innovate, delivering impactful digital experiences at scale. Contentful's AI-driven platform not only streamlines content creation, but also ensures it aligns perfectly with your brand. Ready for a game-changer? Start with Contentful for free today. Unleash the potential of your digital content and drive your business forward. Learn more at Contentful.com. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. So my unpopular opinion this time is that Mac OS X isn't particularly good. And (laughs) and it's... it's I I saw your tweet thing. Well, to to, to (laughs) the kids, whatever his name is. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, so... I, every time I hear someone say how great Mac OS X is, every single time they're referring to the great tools you can buy and install on it. And I'm like, well, that isn't a feature of OS X. That's actually a gap, a functionality gap in OS X that you're filling with a good tool because it doesn't exist natively in the OS. That's not like, that doesn't make OS X good. It makes OS X bad, if anything, right? And so, yeah, I, I just, I don't get it. Like, I have built into GNOME and Linux everything that I need. And sure, I can add extra tools if I need to, but I don't really have any. I don't use any third-party things other than a browser and VS Code and stuff like that and Git. And I don't even need to install Homebrew, which is an absolute joke of a system. Like, all of the stuff <laughs> is just rubbish. It's just it's just like third-grade, third-grade, third-rate, third-rate equivalents of, of tools I already have built in. Or... A, a massive void where something should be like window management or screen recording or uh, what else? Oh, that, that I don't understand what that that was. Yump or it's called Yump tool. I can't. I don't know what it's called. Whatever the tool is he's talking about, where you drag and drop things. I can drag and drop like just by dragging and dropping. What? It's right there. I couldn't. I read the homepage. I'm like, <laughs> what does this tool do? What is it for? But what I'll tell you is that trying to copy files to drag and drop and move on OSX is, is infuriating. It constantly unclicks them all and then they're not selected. I'm like, how is it this bad? I can't just grab some stuff and copy it. And no, no amount of key combos helps, right? And 
There's no filtering. Just don't move stuff. And then, well, exactly, right? It's easy. And there's no tabs <laughs> and the layouts that's organized. And it's just, it's just on and on and on. So actually, on my OS, I just opened Nautilus and ta-da, it all works. I've got some tabs, drag and drop here, copy that, filter by file name, search, mass rename. It's all there. <laughs> Why do I need a tool? Why am I paying someone to do that for me yeah. when it's free? I just, so yeah, <laughs> that's my opinion anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. Jacob. <laughs> I, I I do well, I do agree, actually. I'm a I'm a decade Mac OS user and Anthony, I've essentially riced my Mac OS to be like Linux. <laughs> like, yeah. I have like <laughs> i3 style window management keyboard shortcuts. The only reason I like it is because of the yeah. ecosystem. Like I get my phone notifications on my like I, I you know, all of that stuff just yeah. works. But I, I agree. Everything else about macOS is frustrating. Yeah, I need a screen recording app. I have to have Raycast to have real window yeah. management. Even the ways that the settings in Mac can, you know, you, you're so limited yeah. in your customization that I have to like hack so much stuff. Yeah, I agree. My unpopular opinion is that, well, it's actually twofold. One is you should never use a Git UI, including the VS Code built Great. in version control tab, throw that in the garbage. And it's because Git, this is my other unpopular opinion, Git is really poorly designed software. It's really complicated and it's really hard for people to learn. And I find if you're a beginner and all you use is VS Code, the second you're on a team where anyone's doing anything weird or complicated with Git, you will be completely lost in the weeds. Because that was my experience when I joined Stylytics of... I was using VS Code at the time, just using the version control tab. Hadn't really ever worked on a team using Git. And so the second someone was like, oh, you need to cherry pick this commit. I was like, (laughs) what is that? What's the ref log? Like the second you get into anything complicated. Hard force reset to the head. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, And like, so you need to take the time to learn Git deeply on the command line. Once you learn that, use whatever Git UI you want. If it helps you and you like it, do it. But you need to understand those complicated parts because if you don't, it, you'll, you'll shoot yourself in the... Like, I've done so much weird, improper stuff to our Git history because I just didn't know what I was yeah. doing. There's a course on YouTube, Free Code Camp. I think the founder of Git Tower does advanced Git for professionals. And it's a great course for, to learn to learn Git. And so, yeah, don't use your Git UI. Throw it definitely, away. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> with that. I'll definitely check that out. My unpopular opinion is something I posted earlier today on Twitter. You shouldn't use fetch on the client. And uh, what that means is that you should do your data fetching on on the server, basically, and just get it with whatever JavaScript you're shipping anyway. So basically, server-side rendering. Obviously, it doesn't work if you're doing widgets or... Yeah, but does, does it work? SPAs, right? Because because if you if you were to do like an inline update to something, like a like a CS felt kit form, it's using fetch for you. Yep. Oh, of course. But like, if if you design it in the correct way, you should be able to not have JavaScript turned off. Right. right. Oh yeah. So you, you have a fallback. Yeah. 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 Like it. It's it's fine to use fetch, but it shouldn't be like. Oh, here's the component. Now I need my data. I'll use fetch in the cl- in the web browser, and then I'll fill it in. Yeah, yeah, that, that would be that's bad. That's the point <clears throat> I'm trying to make. Yeah, that's it. All right, picks. I'll go first. I am going to pick Satori because I've been building the uh, 
the dynamic OG image stuff. Basically a really nice library that Vercel released that helps you, well, yeah, build dynamic OG images nice. for meta tags. Nice. Very relevant now that Twitter has removed the headlines and descriptions from yeah. the embeds. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, X. X. <laughs> All right, Jacob, what's your pick? My pick is a book. I've been reading Staff Engineer by Will Larson. It's a pretty renowned book. It's very, very, very good. If you're if you're you know an engineer working on a team, I highly recommend it. It's been a really great read. It's like he's like really casual in his writing, um, but he's also very like clear, so it doesn't feel like too academic or formal. And so all of the things he's writing about and the interviews he does with with people on sort of what does it mean to be a staff engineer and and like contribute at, at such a high level, I've been really enjoying it. Cool, great. My pick is Bunny CDN, Bunny.net. For multiple reasons, I guess the first one is Google Fonts. If you use Google Fonts, it actually violates GDPR by default because they do tracking when you download a font from there. If you just replace... Oh, nice. Yeah, if you replace fonts.google.com in the URL with bunny.net, I think it is, or fonts.bunny.net, you will... It will work. It's just like a drop-in replacement, but it's not. It's GDPR compliant. And the other reason is because it is a fully-fledged CDN service that has all sorts of cool stuff like pull from origins so you can proxy things. I'm proxying Node.js site because it's so reliable right now for our CI builds. It's a lot faster from my buddy CDN. I've moved all our static asset handling there because it's so cheap to, to host this stuff. Same sort of thing as the cell, regional, blah, 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 but it's just a lot a lot sort of nicer to, to set up. I'm hosting all our static WordPress sites on there because there's simply static plugin pushes directly to Bunny. You can put you know your own file systems on there and stuff and you can do functions it's got built-in AI, so you can do like image generation. It's got built-in image resizing, so you can do all the kind of fancy image resizing stuff you want to do. It's full of like it's full of features, and it's it works really well. So yeah, definitely my pick. Yeah. An alternative to cloud Cloudflare and exactly like a much more user friendly alternative to Cloudflare. Probably a less bundled alternative to the cell because it just focuses really on on the CDN part. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Cool. That's that's our show today. Jacob, thanks for, for joining us. Where can people find you? Follow me on Twitter at stordal.dev. The dot is spelled out. That's also my blog if you want to read. I've published some more technical articles recently exploring Google Cloud functions with testing them with vTest and what else? TypeScript decorators using decorators to simplify error handling was a pattern I developed at, at work and, and wrote a blog post about. So yeah, if you want to learn learn stuff, you read my blogs or follow me on on Twitter. I'm sure me and Anthony will be riling up the the car, the motorists some more. <laughs> Big um, car doing yeah. some other kinds of shit posting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, we can have you back on if you uh, or when when you uh, start building this meta framework thing. We'll we'll that'd see. Be, yeah, and if you're cool. interested in that, ping me on Twitter. Let me know because I feel like it's just me that wants it, and I have no gumption to actually do it. Yeah. So yeah, I need some external pressure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. And with that said, thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Hey, it's Kevin. If you like the show, please drop a review on your favorite podcast player. It would help out a lot. Thanks.